So I would say the biggest issue that I see in campaigns that are trying to reduce stigma, whether it's around mental health issues or, or any other kind of, of stigmatized issue, is you want to avoid the S word, which is stigma. We interrupt this episode just to remind you that Behaviour Change Marketing Bootcamp is back. The next session is on the 31st of October. You can head over to www.behaviourchange.marketing forward slash bootcamp for the details. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, you're listening to the Behaviour Change Marketing Bootcamp podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Dale, and this is where busy comms and marketing pros come to learn how to use behavioural science, design thinking, and other cool stuff to shift out of awareness into action, to really focus in on improving health and influencing positive behaviours. With over 20 years experience of doing just that across Public Health England, some of the biggest campaigns such as Change for Life, as well as working in a busy NHS hospital with zero budget, I completely get how hard it can be to use this very clever stuff when you are working frontline and juggling. So in our episodes, we do lots of how-tos and talk to some people who have succeeded, sharing case studies and talk to book authors and really bring you the latest research and hot tips so you can accelerate your impact. Okay, let's dive in. Hello, we are delighted to welcome into the studio today, Nidra Klein Weinrich. Nidra is president and founder of Winerich Communications, and she has more than 25 years experience in helping nonprofits and other public agencies create positive change in health and social care issues. Now, Nidra really focuses in on social marketing. And in today's episode, we're going to dive deep into an incredible mental health campaign she ran. But before we do, I just want to take a second to introduce her a little bit more to you because I want everyone to know that you couldn't be hearing from anyone more expert in social marketing. So Nidra works with incredible clients such as the US Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the International Federation of Red Cross, the Red Crescent Societies and Microsoft. She's author of the widely used book, Hands on Social Marketing, a step-by-step guide to designing change for good. She has taught courses on social marketing at the University of California, at Los Angeles School of Public Health and Georgetown University. And plus, she has trained thousands of professionals through her Social Marketing University training series. And she's on the editorial board for Social Marketing Quarterly. And she served as a member of the board of directors for the International Social Marketing Association. And she was also the founder of the Transmedia for Good Network. And plus, finally, she earned her master's degree in health and social behaviour from the Harvard School of Public Health. So that's absolutely incredible. She now lives in Jerusalem, Israel with her family. So there is no one better qualified that we could talk to to dive deep into a social marketing led campaign about mental health and Nidra. So welcome, Nidra. Thank you so much. And thank you for those very kind words. I appreciate all the, all the nice things you said. <laughs> well, no, I just think it's really important for listeners because hopefully they're leaning in a bit more now, but also they won't necessarily know you. So, you know, they have to know just how good these tips and advice around crafting conversations around mental health is. It's such an important subject. So to get to know you just a little bit better, we've got some quick fire round questions. So don't overthink. And actually, I'm hoping they're applicable because some people will say, oh, neither. But let's go for it anyway. So Nidra, 
What do you prefer, coffee or tea? Both. I start with coffee in the morning and then I switch to herbal tea in the afternoon. Oh, okay. (laughs) Scones with jam on top or scones with cream on top? I'm an American. I don't have a preference on this. I like scones, but I, I've had them plain and they've been really good. And as an American, have you heard of this rivalry between Devon and Cornwall about which way it goes? I have because I follow a lot of people in the UK on social media, but to me, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Just try both. You have to have two. Oh, well. <laughs> okay. Seasons. What do you prefer, summer or winter? Definitely summer, summer, summer. My uh-huh. favorite season. I like it hot. <laughs> okay. And the favorite holiday of the year? That's a hard one. When I was in the US, Thanksgiving was my favorite. And now that I'm in Israel, it's really hard to choose. I love all the different Jewish holidays for different reasons. But what I really love is is that the whole country comes together and celebrates together. It's really nice. Oh, wonderful. Fabulous. I've only ever seen Thanksgiving on the Friends episode. <laughs> it would, <laughs> as no. a Brit, it would just be so good to be over there one time in Thanksgiving to see. If it's just like on the TV. <laughs> Every comedy <laughs> series has a Thanksgiving episode, doesn't it? Right, right. Does everyone really just watch the football? <laughs> In some families, yeah. I'm not a big football person. (laughs) That's like Boxing Day over here, though. It's when all the football happens the day after Christmas. Uh (laughs) And I have two young boys, so sadly that is my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when we were talking um, the other week, we were chatting about the world of social marketing. And we've known each other within that world for a while. But I was explaining that in England, it's not as big as it used to be. So when we started out like 10 years ago, it was huge. And the words behavior change and behavioral science have kind of overshadowed a bit. So it's really useful if we start today. In 60 seconds, could you please define what social marketing is? Sure. So social marketing is basically an approach that adapts commercial marketing tools and techniques to influence the adoption of behaviors and specifically behaviors for social good. So that could be helping people become healthier or better off in their lives in some way, or it could be around improving society or helping the environment. And social marketing is all about positioning the behavior to align with something that people want, reaching them where they are and making it as easy as possible for them to take action. And it's all based on research with our intended audience. We want to understand what are the factors that influence their behavior and the context they're making decisions in. So that's a quick intro. That's perfect. So just to sort of tease out, it is not necessarily a social media campaign. It can be, it can use social media, yes, yes, but it's not default, let's run a social media campaign. That's right. And and this is an issue that's been around since maybe 2006, 2007, with the rise of social media, people started calling that the social media marketing, social marketing, and has caused a lot of confusion since then. So the difference is that social marketing is a comprehensive approach. It goes beyond just communications or a specific tactic. It involves analyzing behavior and designing a campaign or a program around your audience and Like you said, we do use social media as part of that, but that's just a tiny part of what we do in social marketing. Yeah. And how is it different from a a general behavioral insights approach? 
So a lot of people who come from that more academic or theoretical behavioral science background or whose first introduction to behavior change is that long list of cognitive biases that you see from behavioral economics. I'm sure you've seen those lists lists of of biases. (laughs) Hundreds of them. (laughs) Yeah. So they use a, a very different kind of approach than how we do it in social marketing. So for those who use behavioral insights, a typical process might be first you identify the behavior that you think people should be doing. You come up with that list of biases to decide which you think is probably most relevant. You design an intervention around that. And then you do a randomized controlled trial to see were you right or were you wrong. So it's very different from how we do things in social marketing. In social marketing, it's a very systematic process based on research with your intended audience in order to understand what their decision-making context is. And then once you have that understanding, then you go into developing your strategy and your intervention. So we do that formative research with our audience through focus groups or surveys or interviews. We do that up front to make sure that when we do launch the intervention or the campaign, that we're addressing the specific motivators or barriers that we have heard from our audience are the things that influence whether they buy our product, which in in social marketing, our product is behavior. And then once we develop materials based on that, then we go ahead and test it with more members of the audience before we launch. So it's, it's really all about finding out what's likely to work up front rather than taking a guess and then testing it. Okay, fabulous. Thank you. Because I think it's really important if you're really busy and you're actually working on a change program. At the World Social Marketing Conference last year, I used to call them the secret social marketers. We used to have a campaign in England called The Secret Lemonade Drinker. And as everyone was talking, I just thought the whole time, oh, my goodness, I know so many practitioners who are using social marketing techniques, but not necessarily knowing that's, you know, the phrase or that's the kind of process that they're following. It's just call it behavior change process. So, yeah, no, that's incredibly helpful. And I think it's really reassuring to people that they don't have to go out and learn 200 odd cognitive biases in order <laughs> to start influencing behaviours. Because I love loads of them. I love them all. And we always talk about them. But you don't have to hold them, you know, in your head as a <laughs> to remember all those things. There's enough to know. So having the systematic process that social marketing offers actually reduces a lot of stress, I think, for people. Right. And you're finding out directly from the people you're trying to reach, what are their barriers? What are the issues? Yeah. So it's not just taking a guess. Yeah, fabulous. And so that'll take us on really nicely to your social marketing campaign. And it was called Take Action for Mental Health. And it was a help-seeking campaign, encouraging people to seek help Could you please sort of share the background on that and what it was about and, you know, just tell Mm -hmm. us why it was so successful? Sure. Yeah. So this was a statewide campaign in California funded by the California Mental Health Services Authority. And we're just going into the second phase of development now. So we got evaluation results from from the first phase. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But It's really exciting because we did find that what we were doing was effective. So I've been working with an agency that's called Civilian. They're based in San Diego for this state agency. And this campaign was the extension of a social marketing campaign 
that was started back in maybe 2011 or so. It was a major statewide initiative with a lot of different pieces in addition to the social marketing. And the goal was to reduce stigma throughout the whole state. Stigma around mental illness and around help seeking specifically. And so that campaign ended several years ago and they started up funding for a new one. And that campaign had been evaluated by the Rand Corporation, which also did our our evaluation. But the data that they had collected really was helpful in guiding us towards what we should be focusing on with this new campaign that we were doing. It was kind of an evolution of what had happened before. And that campaign had been quite successful in building knowledge around mental illness and in reducing stigma. But we found that more needed to be done to then move that knowledge into action. So people knew, knew what they knew the information, but they weren't necessarily doing things as a result. So one of the key things we learned from that research was that stigma at that point was not the main barrier that was keeping people from accessing mental health help when they needed it. The main issue was that people weren't recognizing when they were having mental health related symptoms or problems and recognizing that those were things that could be treated through mental health treatment, through therapy, through other kinds of support. We also, in addition to that survey, we did a lot of qualitative research with our audience throughout the state. So a lot of people said it was easier to recognize those kinds of mental health issues in other people than it was in themselves. So this confirmed that we really needed to focus on recognition and help seeking as the the things that we needed to do with, with this new campaign. And well, our charge was to reach everyone in the whole state. It's a big state. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and focus on specific ethnic groups and underserved communities. So it was big and we needed to figure out a way to kind of narrow it down because, as you know, the more specific you can get about the people that you're trying to reach, the more effective you'll be with yeah. your messaging and, and reaching them. So we decided to target two groups. Those who are experiencing mental health problems at the moment and those who have a friend or loved one who they thought were experiencing problems. So we developed a strategy that focused on encouraging people to take action. And in fact, like you said, that's the name of the campaign, Take Action for Mental Health. Yeah, nice and um, clear. <laughs> yeah, we, that was the point. And we had a tagline where we boiled down what we wanted people to do. It was check in, learn more, get support. So check in on yourself, how you're feeling, check in with others on how they're doing mm-hmm. mentally, learn more about mental health, the signs of mental illness, self-care you can do, what types of support are available, and then get support. And that's through accessing local resources, by making an appointment, or by reaching out to someone you know to ask for help if you need help with your mental health. As we were focusing on, I think part of why we were so successful is we were very clear about the actions we wanted people to take. And we developed a lot of different practical tools to help them with skill building and getting around the barriers that they had, things like not knowing how to bring up the topic of mental health with someone they were worried about, 
So like we had materials on how do you do a check-in chat with someone else, that sort of thing. And so we primarily used digital outreach to, to reach our audiences. But we also worked very closely with the county behavioral health departments. And they, they're kind of, in, in California, there's 58 counties. So wow. they're the ones who are, kind, yeah, there's a lot. They're the ones who are the on the ground providers of mental health services and resources. So working through them, we were able to also reach a lot of people. Another reason why I think we were so successful was we had a parallel Spanish language campaign because 40% of California residents are Latino. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we really needed to make sure that we were reaching them as well. And we indeed did end up reaching a higher proportion of Spanish speakers with the campaign than English speakers, which was interesting. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And then, so, like I said, we we had an evaluation done by Rand Corporation to to see if we were effective in making change. And uh, it did show that those who were exposed to the campaign had higher levels of knowledge, positive attitudes and help seeking behaviors. So that was pretty exciting to find out. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic because it's such a complicated, you know, issue. But I think you really highlight the importance of evaluation because you yeah. had it, the evaluation from the first one, you were able to really build and focus and shift the needle into action. Absolutely. And you just can't do that if you're not evaluating, if you're not at least getting something from your work. So that's absolutely amazing. Yeah, that's right. And not everyone can afford the the Rand Corporation level evaluation, but you got to do something. You need to be tracking and talking to people and finding out how your campaign's being being received. And I love the idea of a check-in chat. We did some work with Dorset Mind. Mind is our national mental health charity, Uh focusing on men and mental health and their barriers. And it was so similar to what you just said about it's actually not the stigma. It was the conversational tools that you know, actually, I don't know what words to use. Really basic yeah. tips that can really help people go quite a long way. It's not that they don't want to. It's not that they're embarrassed. They just haven't got the words on the end of their tongue to know how to do that. So the fact you went on and made those resources is absolutely fantastic. And I bet when you were doing it, of course, because mental health is so complicated, there were kind of loads of things that could go wrong and backfire with language. And I think anyone working in this area would really appreciate any tips or a learning that you've got from that, any don't do's for them. Yeah. So I would say the biggest issue that I see in campaigns that are trying to reduce stigma, whether it's around mental health issues or, or any other kind of, of stigmatized issue, is you want to avoid the S word, which is stigma. If you keep talking about how there's a stigma to mental illness or to getting treatment and that we need to remove the stigma, what that actually does is reinforce that there's a stigma. <laughs> we, yeah. we shouldn't be talking about the stigma over and over again. And I'm not talking about avoiding talking about stigma in like a professional context. Of course, we still need to explicitly talk about it in order to design programs that are going to eliminate it. But in public facing communications and campaigns, I 
definitely recommend avoiding talking about the fact that stigma exists because people already know that and it's not helpful to point it out. Oh, that's absolutely a brilliant tip. Oh, my goodness, because that's, of course, one of the big things that does, you know, everyone does sort of focus on the, the why, why it's important. Yeah. Stop the stigma. <laughs> yeah. Stop talking about the stigma. Um, and because we were talking about cognitive biases, that does remind me of the negative social norms bias. You know, we just reinforcing the negative right. and not the solution. Right. Oh, brilliant. And and I know that you mentioned some work you did around being able to talk about suicide prevention as well, how yeah. we can get more effective talking around that area because that's I think people get very nervous when talking about suicide prevention and over here we have quite an aggressive press that would like to lead suicide stories quite negatively or mm -hmm. you know really over dramatize really not in the public best interest most of the time and again it is a subject that makes people nervous but one that's so so important when doing communications any tips yeah, on yeah. that Nidra? Yes. So when we're communicating about suicide prevention, we definitely have to be careful with our words and our framing so it doesn't backfire. We don't want to be talking about how there's an epidemic of suicide. So many people are dying by suicide because that normalizes it. That makes it seem like it's a valid option to yeah. take because so many other people are doing it. Why shouldn't I do it too if I'm feeling like this is something that I want to do? So what we really want to do in, in suicide prevention communications is use a positive framing of hope and help. So hope that, you know, there are things you can do to prevent suicide. There are effective programs and services. Help is available and, and that sort of thing. And also for suicide prevention and also for mental health, the best way to make the stigma go away in terms of talking about things is to do it in a very straightforward way. Like you'd talk about any kind of health or life-related topic, making it a normal part of conversation to check in with people, ask how they're doing, to talk about your own mental health. Mm. That's how, how people get more comfortable discussing it and making it more of a social norm to check in on each other, ask about mental health issues and just building those norms around around discussing it and not hiding it. And have you got a toolkit on this? I seem to recall you have written a wonderful toolkit that perhaps could help people. Yes, I was involved with in the US. There's something called the National Action Alliance for Suicide Prevention, which is a public private partnership. I was part of a team that designed a framework for effective suicide prevention messaging that gives lots of tips on how to talk about it in an effective way and in a way that's not going to backfire. Yeah. And I, I think I'll put that in the show notes for people because it's really brilliant. I have spent some time in it and they're really practical and most of them are completely applicable. You know, we're all humans. So the fact it is not written here doesn't make it any less relevant. So I'll pop that in the show notes. And also because you mentioned your courses and things on social marketing, you have got the most amazing book, haven't you, that is free on your website for anyone that would like to know a little bit more about social marketing, that they want to get into it in a more systematic way. And again, that is brilliant. I personally love it because it's a really marketing focused. It goes beyond promotion. It's like we're mm -hmm. not just about promotion. 
there's more than well, there's more than four P's in marketing. But even if you just start with the four P's, then you know there's so much more to think about, and it makes it right. So you're much. on your way. Yeah. Where would they go to get that? The link is something that probably would be better for you to okay. to include in the show notes. I mean, my my website is social-marketing.com. You can get it there too. Okay. But the fine. direct link. You can use as well. We'll stick that in there. Wonderful. Thank you so, so much for coming on. Incredibly helpful. Really important point about stop talking about the stigma. Anyone who wants to get some inspiration, check out the Take Action for Mental Health campaign and see, especially as reaching underserved groups is so important over here as well. And you did that so brilliantly. So get some inspiration on that one and get your toolkit and then the free ebook. But we always like to finish, Nidra, on asking people, what one book would you recommend? And we, we ask for it to be a book that changed your life. So is there a book that changed your life you would like to recommend? <laughs> I don't think there's a book that changed my life. But in terms of the work I do, one of my favorite books that I keep coming back to that I would recommend is Made to Stick by Chip and Dan Heath. It's a great guide to how to design your messages in a way that they'll be memorable and shareable. And I love all of the Heath Brothers books. They're all excellent. But this is the one that I just keep coming back to. And, and it's the one that stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Oh, fabulous. OK, we'll pop that in the show notes as well. That's a brand new one. We haven't had that one before. Thank great. you so much. And thank you for taking time to come on and share your wonderful campaign with us. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. We're so delighted you joined us. And if you got any value out of this at all, or even if you just simply had a little chuckle, please do share it with anyone you think it may benefit. <laughs>